0: Well, 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 God is good all the time. Jesse rocking them nylon britches once again today, boy, with them steel-toed boots. I'm down with the nylon britches, but them steel-toed boots got to go, son. You a cowboy, dude. You ain't no dadgum construction worker. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh. man hey it's so good to be here welcome man good to be back good to be here today and hey how about luke sprayberry last week coming over from albany and tearing it up i'm telling you what man the lord has really done great things and and growing him and so um, just saying man we're excited about what god's doing in bethel in sweetwater in stanford and in albany man it is so cool to be um, a part of what god's doing and so I got to go to Mississippi last week, and them folk down there, they country, y'all. I ain't kidding you. They're in the piney woods. And so anyway, they eat possum and gator and all that stuff. But anyway, it was good to go down there. But I'm telling you, like for real, I'm so thankful. I told Jennifer this when I got home, you know. I got to go down there and speak at a men's retreat. And so it was the, the Mississippi men's retreat. And, and I stand amazed at what, what, what can happen in a person's life if you just honor God. And I say that because like I am the dumbest, most uneducated, least spiritual preacher there is in the assemblies of God. But I've got to go to like 10 or 12 states in the last year and share the good news. And so I'm just saying I am so thankful that God lets an old country boy like me get to go do stuff like that. And so I hope that is a testament to you that you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the most educated. You just have to be willing to say whatever you want me to do, God, I will do that. And then God will take you to new levels. So I tell you all that to also tell you this, man, I had fun down there in Mississippi, but come Sunday morning, I like, dang, I wish I'd back over there listening to Cornbread sing, hanging out with my folk over there. It's always good to go, but it's always good to come home. We love you guys and miss you when I'm not here, but, but thank you for understanding and letting us go, and thank you that we got people like Luke to come fill in for us. So we're in the third week of our series, No Excuses. Everybody say, No Excuses. Look at your neighbor right quick, say, hey neighbor, I'm tired of your excuses. <laughs> Look at your other neighbor and say, hey neighbor, I'm tired of making excuses. Excuses. Here's the thing. No excuses ever for no reason. How I many you know that should be our life mantra? I am not going to make excuses everywhere that I turn these days and everywhere that I look. People have excuses for why they don't do what they're supposed to do. And they have excuses for why they're doing what they're not supposed to be doing. We have got to make up in our mind, this is my life. I am going to be responsible for my life. And I am going to no longer make excuses in my life. No longer should we make excuses and say, oh, I'm just too busy. I didn't get it done. Give me a break. People say to me all the time, Cody, I'd love to talk to you and I want to call you, but we just know you're busy. And I always say to them, guess what? I'm no busier than the next person is. I have 24 hours a day just like you have. Quit making excuses. If it is a priority and it needs to happen and it needs attention in your life, quit making excuses for why you're not getting it done. I just don't have enough time. I am just too busy. You don't understand how messed up my life is. I am just scared of failure, Cody. I, you don't understand. I tried it before and it didn't happen. So we make making sure I can't help it. It's the way I am. It's the way my mom was. It's the way my dad was. I am. I just, you don't understand, Cody. I, I'm doing the best I can. Uh, if somebody else would just do this, then I could do this. It's time for us to quit making excuses. It's time for us to quit making excuses. And so today I want to read a story. I want us to look at it. I'm going to try to settle down because this fires me up because I freaking hate excuses. I mean, you know, everybody that ever lives a life of sin and everybody that ever calls the preacher and everybody's marriage that is ever jacked up and every person that's ever having premarital sex or every person that ever has a problem with addictions when they call the preacher, the first thing they do is unload a laundry list of excuses as to why they're doing what they're doing. Oh, y'all got quiet on huh? me. It's going to be a long, long, long morning for y'all. I, just to be honest, ask my family, ask my kids, ask my wife. I hate Excuses. We need to learn to be responsible and go, okay, it's on me. I did it. It's my fault. Okay, I accept that. Okay, I'm going to make the changes. Okay, it's nobody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to read this story today from the Old Testament. And I love, I love this story. It's about a guy named Joseph. It's about a guy named Joseph. And as we read his story, I want you to be of attention. I want you to pay attention. I, I want me, I want to pay attention. I want us to hear something. I want you to see. In Joseph's life, he faced lots of really hard struggles. And if we're honest, sometimes in our life, our struggles are our excuse for why we don't overcome. Come on, somebody. Y'all help me out here. Let's be real, okay? Look, we talk about this. We talk about that. Because of the hard times is why I'm down. Because of the struggles that I've faced, that's why I can't rise up. I want you to see in this story, Joseph faced some really, really hard struggles. I want you to see this. Joseph made some really poor decisions. Really, really poor decisions and poor choices. And sometimes in life, we ex- use our poor choices in the past to dictate what we're going to do in the future and use them as an excuse as to why we can't overcome and rise above what we're facing. I want you to see this. Are y'all ready? I'm ready for you this morning. I am so ready for you second service this morning. I want you to see in the life of Joseph, Joseph some people that were close to Joseph and that, 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 that should have loved Joseph they hurt Joseph they mistreated Joseph and sometimes in life we use the excuse of well they mistreated me and so because they mistreated me and they abused me I can never rise above where I am and we use that as an excuse I want you to see in the life of Joseph there's some things that happened to him that he didn't really deserve and sometimes in life are y'all picking up what I'm putting down we go well that happened to me and i didn't deserve that and i was better than that and so now i'm just going to go around feeling sorry for myself the rest of my life because things happen to me that shouldn't happen to me and i'm going to let that be excuses why i can't rise up and overcome I want you to see there's some people straight up Tried to manipulate him there's some people That lied on him there's some people That gossiped on him there's some people That tried to destroy him but I want You to see the attitude and The heart that Joseph had Joseph had an attitude and a heart And he said I am not going to make Any excuses and it doesn't Matter how life happens to Me and it doesn't matter who hurts Me I'm going to tell you God is For me and he chose to serve God with passion and he chose to serve God with joy and because he made those choices God always elevated him and he chose to live a life of no excuses everybody say no excuses no excuses let's read the story and just see what the Lord would say to us let's read the story and then I'll pray Genesis 37 this is the account of Jacob that's Joseph's dad and his family when Joseph was 17 He often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things that his brothers were doing. Notice that Joseph was the tattletale. Come on, somebody. When his brothers did wrong, he went back to his daddy and he tattled on them. Jacob loved Joseph More than any of the other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob made a special gift for his favorite son, Joseph, a beautiful robe. We also know that was a robe of many colors. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't even say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, Joseph said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around me and bowed down before mine. And his brothers responded, oh, so you think you're going to be the king, young Joseph? You're the youngest one. Do you actually think you're going to reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Let's pray. Father, speak to us. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged. Convict us where we need to be convicted. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So Joseph, youngest of 10 boys. And his daddy loved him more than all the rest of them. His daddy treated him better. My boys would say, well, that sounds like you and Clara, Dad. (laughs) They say to me all the time, if we argued with you like she argues with you, you would have blistered our butts. (laughs) Dad made him this coat of many colors, gave him all this. So here's what I want you to see. Are you listening to me? Can I hear a good amen? Starting to see a little bit of a dysfunctional family. Anybody been a part of one of them? Come on now. We're starting to see like like, like, like the dad. He's had three wives. The dad, he's got stepbrothers and stepkids. And Joseph was his favorite. And he's babying on Joseph. I love you, Joseph. Oh, you're the 17. You're the best. Let me make you this coat. I don't care about the rest of them. And then all of a sudden, Joseph's going, oh, yeah, my daddy loves me more than anybody else. And then he comes back, and he's a tattletale. Daddy, can you believe what your brothers did? Daddy, he comes back and he's he's being a tattletale. And so the brothers, obviously, they begin to resent him. It's a dysfunctional family. Sometimes our excuse for not being able to overcome in life is because we came out of a dysfunctional family. Sometimes we say well my grandparents did it and my parents did it so I am bound to do the same thing Stop believing the lie of the enemy Your dysfunctional family And you got them because I know a lot of you Your dysfunctional family should not dictate what God does in your life I love this statement I read it last week somewhere in a book And here's the statement If you didn't come from a good family make sure that a good family comes from you Did you hear that? If you did not come from a good family, make sure that you the generational curse is broke with you, and make sure a good family comes from you. Joseph's got some dysfunction going on, and Joseph has a dream one day, and he shares his dream with his brothers. Quick question here. Do, did this dream come from God? Was this dream a God-given dream? Because how many of you know the book of Acts says that God gives visions and God gives dreams? I want to tell you something today. You may have a dream for your life, but I'm going to tell you something. God has a dream for your life and a dream for your marriage and a dream for your children and a dream for this church that is way bigger than the one that we have ourselves. He gives dreams. God gives dreams because when he gives us dreams and reveals things to us, we go, wow, that is exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that I've been asking or thinking. And it motivates us when we get tired. And it motivates us when we get weary. And it motivates us when we feel like we're alone. The dream that God has given us should motivate us to keep fighting the good fight of faith because we want what God has promised us. Was this dream that Joseph had. Was it from God? We're gonna see later on in the story, it was absolutely from God. We're gonna see that this dream is gonna come to pass and it was absolutely from God. But here is a lesson that you and I have to learn. Are you ready to learn a good lesson today? Joseph shares his dream with his brothers who are already full of resentment, who are already full of bitterness, who already hate him and can't even speak a good word to him. Here's the lesson. you got to be careful who you share your God-given dreams with. You have to be careful. You have to be careful because not everybody is at the same place as you are with God. Not everybody that you know has a relationship like you have a relationship with God. Not everybody can handle your dreams. So in your excitement, God, give me a dream. Holy Spirit, reveal to me what you want to do in the future. When God reveals those things to you, you have to use some discernment and some wisdom as to who you share them with. Because if you share them with people outside of this group of great friends, and if you share them with people that don't really care, all they will do is make fun of you and try to tear you down. That's what the brothers did. Oh, dreamer. You big dreamer? <laughs> are you kidding me? We know who you are. You kidding me? Share your dream. Can I, <laughs> Can I preach to y'all today? surround yourself with good friends that you know that love you and that you know want the best for you and that you know believe in the same God that you believe in. Surround yourself with friends that you can share the bad things, but surround yourself with people that you can share the good things and they will help you and build your faith and help you keep fighting until you receive the blessing of God. Because some people in your life, look at me, look, look, look. Some of you are like my wife and you believe the best in everybody i am the opposite i just saw all of you look at the person sitting next to you i'm the opposite i I am cynical I, i see the i see the bad part of you i see what's going on with you and my wife she just like loves everybody she stops at the guy that's sitting in a wheelchair at the red light in abilene and it's been on Facebook, and it's been on Instagram, and it's been in the Abilene Reporter News. And K-Texas has reported, this guy is a panhandler. He is a fake. He has more money than you. My wife stops and gives him money. <laughs> that a girl. Shut up, Billy Lamb. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. Look, you need to know this. Not everybody that is in your life wants to see your dreams come true. Not everybody in your life. You need to understand that. Not everybody on Facebook. Not everybody that you work with. Not everybody wants to see you elevated and taken to the next level. You know what? Because you know what's out there? Can I be real with y'all? There haters in the house. Can I get a witness? There's haters in the house. There's people full of bitterness and jealous, jealousy and, and stuff. And they don't want to. So, so get a dream and get a vision from God. But share it with people that want to see your dreams come to pass. And want to see you rise up. So here's the deal. Joseph tells his brothers about the dreams. And they hate him even more. So let's just read some more of the story and see what goes down. Genesis 37, 12 through 14. Soon after this, after Dad's favorite him after dad gives him a code, after he tattles, after he shares the dream, all this dysfunction going on, ready to explode. Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. They go to tend to, to their father's sheep. And when they've been gone for a little while, Jacob, the daddy, says to Joseph, Your brothers are out pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready and I'll send you to them. I'm ready to go, Joseph replied. Go see how your brothers are doing and and how the flocks are doing and getting along. Jacob said, and then come back and bring me a report. The daddy goes like, I know this guy's a tattletale. He'll tell me what's really going on. So he sends him out there. So Jacob sent him on his way, and Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. So Joseph obeys his father, goes out, going to check on his brothers, be bopping along. Watch what happens. Genesis 37, 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him at a distance. They recognized him because he had the coat of many colors on. Because he's, there's my, the father's favorite one. They saw him coming. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. These are his brothers, y'all. Here comes that dreamer, they said. Here comes that one dreaming him big dreams. Come on, let's kill him, they said. Let's throw him into this cistern. Let's throw him into this well. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams at that moment. You see, these are his brothers, y'all. You see the anger, the resentment, the bitterness? They're talking about killing, murdering, cutting his throat, leaving him in a pit like these people. Can I just tell you, that's what jealousy and anger and bitterness and resentment will do to our hearts if we don't deal with it pretty quick they're going to kill their brother cut his throat throw him into this cistern so then thank God there's this one brother that goes wait a minute we don't want to cut his throat we don't want to kill him that blood will be on our hands let's just throw him into this pit leave him in that cistern in that well and he'll die there so I mean they got their plan premeditated murder is what this would be right about the time Joseph gets there These Ishmaelites come from Egypt. They're a band of gypsies is what they are, traveling gypsies. And so one of the brothers goes, wait, let's don't cut his throat. Wait, let's don't throw him in the pit. Let's sell him to these Ishmaelites as a a slave. Let's sell our brother. They'll take our brother, take him back to Egypt. He'll be removed from us. We won't have to deal with him. We won't have to deal with daddy loving him more. We won't have to deal with his stupid dreams. Let's just sell him and get rid of him. And so for 20 years. Pieces of silver, nine brothers take their youngest brother and sell him as a common slave. He went from being the favorite in this home to now being a complete and total slave. But what I want you to see, Joseph continues to have a great attitude. Joseph continues to say this If I'm in my father's house Or if I am a slave I am going to put a smile on my face And I'm going to love God, love others And I'm going to live life with passion And I'm going to serve with all I've got This Ishmaelite, these gypsies They get back to Egypt and they sell him To Potiphar Potiphar is the number two guy In the nation of Egypt He is the number two guy So Joseph, common slave What's his attitude? What's his heart like? What does he do? Let's look to the scripture and see Genesis 39, 2. So the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of the Egyptian master. Can you you look at me just a minute? Success. He was a slave, y'all. He he, he was a slave, y'all. Betrayed by his brothers, mistreated a price was labeled him 20 pieces of silver all your worth he is a common slave in another nation in a new home but God continued to be with him and he was successful no matter where he was the sooner that you and I can figure out in our mind no matter where life leads me no matter how people treat me God is with me and if God be for me who shall be against me I am a child of God I am successful I am the head and not the tail I am the first and not the last the quicker we can make up in our mind it doesn't matter what happens here what happens here and as long as I belong to God I'm going to be successful If you and I can get that in our mind and in our heart, it will change us everywhere we live and everything that we do. Joseph was a slave, but he served with excellence and diligence, and God was with him. Watch this. So good. How many know God is good? Can I hear an amen? Amen. Let me back up before I read you that. No one else may see your efforts, but I'm going to tell you, God sees your efforts that is why my favorite scripture I'm just going off script can I go off script my favorite scripture is Colossians three twenty-three and 24 whatsoever you do do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man knowing that of the Lord you will receive your reward Joseph said, I'm going to serve heartily. Joseph said, I'm going to give it all I got. And I don't care if Potiphar sees it, and I don't care if my daddy sees it, and I don't care if somebody comes along and pats me on the back and brags on me. He said, I'm going to live my life with passion because my father sees it. And when my father sees it, my father is the one that dictates my future. And the father, my father is the one that will reward me for serving with diligence. He is in prison. He is sold as a slave, Genesis 39, 6. Potiphar is his master. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything that he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about anything except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. He was the favorite in his father's home, sold, or his brothers tried to kill him, sold into slavery, went to work for Potiphar, served with excellence. And now Potiphar, the number two guy in the nation, elevated him up and said, you're in charge of everything beneath me. Only God can do something like that. I believe, here's what I believe. Tough times suck. Can I hear a good amen? But as I look at my life and I look at the life of my pastorate, you know when we grow the most in the suckiest of times. Because when we're fat and sassy and we got money in the bank and everything's going good and our relationships are great, woo-hoo, sometimes we forget about the Lord. But when life is crappy and sucky, we'll dig into the Lord. And so here's what I think happened in, in that well. Joseph's brothers threw him into the well. Sold him into slavery. I think in that deep, dark time in his life, something happened that began to change his heart and began to change his attitude. Let's be real now. When he was living at home, he was pretty much a spoiled, rotten kid. He was the favorite at home. He got the coat of many colors. He was a tattletale. You know what? He was a little bit cocky. He was a little bit arrogant. He was a little bit prideful. But in that pit, He had to learn, you know what? I'm in the pit, but you know what I think his attitude was after that? I am going to have no excuses. I am going to rise out of this pit. My God has a plan for me, and nothing is going to stop me. In that pit and in that struggle, he made up in his mind and in his heart, there are going to be no excuses. I'm going to be all I can be for the Lord Jesus Christ. There needs to be a time in your life. Look at me. Look, 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 look. Even in the back, look at me back there. There needs to be a time in our life. And I hope for some of you that time is today where you stop making excuses. Stop! Stop making excuses and you start living your life with passion. At that moment, things will begin to change. But, how many know God's butt's bigger than our butt? But we have to beware because sometimes. The enemy tries to trap us. Here's what happens. Joseph is now in charge of the number two guys. Household, money, cattle, farming operation. He's in charge of everything. But he was handsome and well-built. He looked a lot like... (laughs) And his boss, Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, she cut her old eyes over at Joseph said, hey, he's well built. He's a young man. He's handsome. My husband trusts him. He's in charge of everything. And you know what she does? She goes, come lay with me, buddy. She, she goes to the, to the slaves and says, hey, you kind of cute. Come on. Come in here to my room. Come in here to this bedroom. Come in here to these. She's enticing him. And he goes, no, 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 no. He's a man of integrity. He's a man of character. He's a man that says, no, I'm not going to do that. And so she tries him again. Please, come on. Come lay with me, boy. You're so handsome. You're so cute. You're so good. Come here. You know, my. No, no, no. He says no. Finally, the last time, she says, come lay with me. And he had his coat on. And as he said no, he ran out of the room. Look at me. Look, look, look. Some of you need to run out of the room. Run out of the room. Because you're toying with sin and you're toying with sex and you're toying with danger. And I'm telling you, run away from it because the wages of sin are death. Make no excuses why you can stay in the room and play and play patty cakes with sin because sin will always get you. Joseph ran out of the room, and as he ran out of the room, she reached and grabbed his coat. He ran out of his coat, and in her anger and in her rejection, she ran out crying, holding up his coat, saying, he came into my room, and he tried to assault me, and he tried to get me to lay with him. She lied on him. She lied on him, and Potiphar came in, obviously believing and trusting his wife, and guess what happens? Threw Joseph back into prison. Favorite in his father's home, sold into slavery, elevated to Potiphar's number two guy, and now he's back in the prison once again. Up and down, up and down. Can anybody relate with that? Up and down, and up and down, and up and I'm angry, and I'm disgusted, and I'm frustrated, and God's here, and God, where are you, God? And I don't understand, but Joseph, he just kept on serving God. God, I'm getting long-winded this sermon. I got to hustle, y'all. They throw him into prison. Watch what happens when he's in prison. Genesis 39, 21, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. Come on, somebody. And showed him his faithful love, and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. He's in prison, y'all. And the, the warden goes, hey, I kind of like this guy. Watch this. It gets even better. Genesis 39, 23. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. He is successful in prison if there's such a thing. <laughs> I want to take Joseph's word for it. I don't want to go there. Come on, y'all. He's in prison and the warden goes, well, you're my man. Run the prison. He's running the prison. Next thing you know, Tell this story quickly. Pharaoh. Pharaoh's the big man. He's, he, he is the Joe Biden of Egypt. <laughs> Pharaoh's the king. He's the, he's the top guy. Pharaoh gets mad at his butler and his baker because the butler didn't make his clothes right and didn't get them folded right and the baker's cake sucks. So you know what Pharaoh does? Throw them in prison. They're in prison down there. The baker and the butler, they get down there in prison, and they're laying in their bunk, and they have a dream. And they go, wow, this dream is crazy. What does this dream mean? I have nobody to interpret my dream. And they go, well, what about about Joseph? He's smart. God's with him. And so they go to Joseph, and Joseph interprets their dream. And they go, wow, this guy's intelligent. So sooner or later, here's what happens. Um, The butler gets out of prison. Goes back to the king, goes back to Joe Biden, goes back to Pharaoh, and he's living in the palace. And all of a sudden, one morning, Pharaoh wakes up, and he's had a dream, and Pharaoh is troubled. This dream doesn't make sense. And they go, we got to find somebody to interpret this dream. They look all over, and they find nobody that can interpret the dream. But the butler goes, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Remember when you threw me in prison a couple of years ago? There was a guy in prison and he was full of the wisdom of God. Let's go get him. Pharaoh said, "Let's go get him." So from the prison to the palace, now Joseph is in the presence of Pharaoh. And he interprets the dream for him. Watch this, so good. Genesis 41:37. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. Wow. So Pharaoh asked his officials Can we find anyone like this, like this man who obviously is filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you are, Joseph. You will be in charge of my court. Pharaoh is saying this now. The Joe Biden, he's in the White House. Joseph is in charge of everything of Pharaoh and all my people. They'll take orders from you Only I sitting on my throne will have a higher rank than you Joseph Pharaoh said to Joseph I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt y'all get that? He just come out to prison and he's in charge of the whole land then Pharaoh removed his signet ring Put it on Joseph's hand, dressed him in fine linen, clothing, and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the number two chariot, second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, bow down, kneel down. So So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval wow can somebody say wow wow here's what i love how many you know god wants to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all we can ask or think at one point joseph is in charge of everything potiphar has potiphar is the number two guy in the nation potiphar's wife lies on him throws him into prison as god would have it now he is elevated guess what to number two chariot he's above potiphar now what God does so so here's the deal and I'm I'm promised I'm Connor y'all better come on maybe let me get done here so what's this dream Pharaoh has a dream that Joseph interprets what is that dream Joseph said your dream is this there's going to be seven good years in Egypt crops are going to grow wheat's going to be good it's going to rain cattle are going to be fat prices are going to be high but then after that seven years There's going to be famine and there's going to be drought and it's going to be a tough time in the land. And so Joseph devises a plan. Joseph says this, in these seven years, rather than us just blowing everything and spending everything, let's put a little back and save a little. Look at me, that's a good word for some of us. Have a plan for the future and don't just live for the right now. So for seven years, they build barns, they build build storage and they store up grain and they store up beef. And seven years and then the famine hits. People run out of food. People run out of toilet paper. (laughs) The supply chains are broken. Seven years, it's bad. It's tough. And so watch this. I need you to promise to listen to me. Two more minutes. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. Seven years, a tough time. Joseph's father and Joseph's 10 brothers run out of food. So what do they do? They come to Pharaoh, to Egypt. They heard that Pharaoh who's going to divvy out and distribute food and provisions. The 10 brothers come to Egypt for food. When they get to Egypt for the food, there's this unknown man who is in charge of the entire nation. They don't recognize him. It's been years. This unknown man has devised this plan, save the nation of Israel. They receive their provisions that will save their family. And you know what they do? They kneel down and they bow down before this guy and they pay homage to who he is. At that moment, a dream that a young boy had 20 or 30 years earlier, at that moment, the dream comes to pass. The brothers bowed down to their youngest brother, Joseph. Here's another good point. Did Joseph hold grudges? Did Joseph say, I told you sorry, so-and-so, son of a bucks? No, Joseph said, this is a moment of reunion with me and my family. And he laid it all down. And this great big story ends with family overcoming dysfunction. This story ends with a happy reunion and a dream coming to pass. Because Joseph said, you know what? I belong to God. And I will make no more excuses in my life as to why I can't be an overcomer. As to why I can't be a world changer. As to why I can't all of a sudden have a functional family. Joseph said, I will make no excuses. Remember our opening statement? No more excuses ever for any reason. I would challenge you today, and I'm done. What excuses are you making that are holding you back? What excuses are you making that are holding you back? You know, and the Spirit of God can deal with you over that. Because, (laughs) here's the deal. Because one man, look at me, look, look, I'm done. One man, one man said no excuses. And one man, because one man, everybody shout one man. Or one woman, shout one woman. One man or one woman made no excuses. It blessed his entire family. It blessed the entire town. And it blessed the entire nation because one person, I'm asking you, are you willing to be that one person that says, no more excuses? Father, we love you and we thank you for today. Thank you that we belong to you. Thank you that you are our redeemer. That you have promises for us. Thank you that in you there are no limitations Lord. So speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Remind us God that you called us out of the darkness into the glorious gospel light. Remind us that you chose us from the foundations of time. You chose us to live a life of victory and success in you. Let us Make no excuses. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Y'all stand on your feet and let's sing a song. Seal this over our hearts and minds today.